So hello, everyone. This is your friendly neighborhood, uh, Pineapple. Um, and I am here with Radio. Say hello. Hey. hey. He went straight in with the Spider-Man stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And we are uh, welcoming you here to our, our new semi-arms podcast called The Wholesome Transmissions. So uh, we started talking about this podcast about... Oh man, like four days ago, and now, <laughs> and now we're in the process of uh, starting recording some episodes and getting some more um, arms content out there. And I kind of wanted to touch on the reason why we're doing this podcast in the first place. I I had this idea for probably six or seven months now. After um, well, after Fellows in Arms podcast, really, for those of you who don't know, the Fellows in Arms podcast ran for I, I believe ten or so episodes of kind of bringing together the community and people in the community and even um, some outside streamers like Coney and, and Nine Whole Grains and bringing people in and talking about the game and just sort of bringing people together, which I think is a great idea. And I know Stylo, Ren, and Steelhead did their own podcast for two episodes, bringing in Resolve and Cold Stare. And they kind of stopped that. And I was like, all right, there's sort of this void where I think that we could try to fill in some more um, collaboration and some interesting discussions and try to bring the arms community together a bit. So that's sort of where this idea came from. And I was ta uh, talking to radio and just kind of mentioned it. And radio said, hey, I'm on board. Um, so that's where we're at. So. And how do you feel about it? I mean, are you are you thinking this will this will hopefully turn out well? I hope so. I think so. I mean, there's a there's a lot of different things to discuss, and we get to talk to people in the community. And really, it's just about the people being able to see what's behind everything. Um, yes. Because so many times where we say if I lose a game against somebody, I, I forget that hey, this is a this is a real person. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. They, they deserve some respect too, just as much as I feel like I maybe I should re deserve respect for what it is. But um, so yeah, I, I I'm really looking forward to the conversations. Uh, I'm looking forward to what people have to say. Um, in general, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I agree. That's the that's the point. Is why I call it a a semi arms podcast. Is we want to bring people in. And we want uh, it to not necessarily just be focused about arms. We want to kind of talk about people's like hobbies and lives outside of arms. Cause we have a lot of really fascinating like artists and content creators and people with a lot to say beyond just playing the game. And I really want to kind of explore that aspect of things. And that's what we're planning on doing. Um, this episode is sort of, obviously the first one and we wanted to do it with just the two of us so that people can kind of get to know us a bit if they don't already. Um, Cause I know a lot of people maybe don't. And that's the idea of doing this because the other subsequent episodes will have guests on and we'll be focusing mainly on them. Uh, so the idea would be, we'll start with just us kind of explain some things regarding our personal interests and things that we do outside of just playing video games, uh, which is hopefully something I hope we're not just sitting around playing video games, but yeah. Um, and I guess going into that, um, radio, why don't you tell us a little bit about, I guess, sort of what you, what you do for work. Cause you, you're a, a working man, um, and explain that a bit. And we'll just kind of take it from there. 
Okay, so whew, um, so there's a lot to fill in there. Um, on a daily basis, uh, sorry, I should say weekly, I work something about at least 60 hours a week. I tend to travel. I work for a Swedish company named 39. And okay. if you're in the industry, I work with oil mist collectors. Um, basically, <laughs> what that is, is a big vacuum that sucks up chemicals to make sure you don't die. Well, that's that sounds like a product that we all need. <laughs> it sounds like it, uh, but there's a lot of context to it, and I could go into it, but it would probably like take five, ten minutes <laughs> to be I, quite honest. You work, but you work sixty hours a week just doing that. Like that's crazy to me that you have that you do so much outside of working. If you're at a, like a sixty hour work week, that's at least, uh, and I guarantee <sighs> it's just. There's there's a lot to do. I mean, I um, so it's machinery, right? So you, I service it, I repair it, and I also install it. So there's a lot of knowledge behind that I had to learn uh, from the last mm -hmm. three years to to get to where I am now. And um, I really like the job. It's just time yeah. consuming. Uh, it actually pays well. Um, before this job, I was making maybe ten, eleven dollars an hour. Uh, right now, oh, wow. I'm sitting. Um, thankfully, uh, right now at 18. That's awesome. It's, yeah. That's, it's, that's it's a, a good, yeah, that's a good, good, good amount to be able to provide for, uh, you and, uh, your wife. Yes. Yes, right. absolutely. Yeah. Which we, I guess we can get, we can talk about a bit is that, um, both radio and myself are, are married arms players, which I, it's kind of funny that we're, we're doing this together because I think we're like two of maybe four three i mean the only other one i know of is replicant i think there's some other people in the eu community but there's uh, a lot of a lot of single people in the arms community <laughs> which isn't bad nothing wrong with being single yeah absolutely um so yeah i guess so tell us though about um your wife a bit my wife is wonderful by the way um <laughs> that's a good that's a good yeah. place to start yeah yeah <laughs> um so I, I guess I can just go ahead and say uh, it, more like a description or do you want to know, like, how did we meet kind of deal? Well, we could get into like a really long discussion here with how we met our wives. But yeah, why don't we talk? Well, you've been married for what, three, four years? Yeah, about three years. Okay. Um, got married in December 12th. Um, and I've actually known her for about six years now. I think I think we just passed that kind of anniversary of when we met <laughs> that's um, awesome and I, I i guess i can at least open up a little bit about that when we yeah. first met um, i'm the guy who met my wife at walmart at walmart yep yep absolutely so that, well, that's how you pick them that's the that's the best place yep i'm that guy <laughs> and uh i met her at my work which was subway she worked at walmart and you know Sometimes there's restaurants inside of Walmart. Yes. So that's, that's how we were doing this. And she was getting a sandwich. And um, while she was getting a sandwich, she wanted a lot of vegetables. And I was over at the cashier, right? And, uh, and she got a lot on there. And I kind of gave like an expression like, oh, that's a good bit. But <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me with this, with this stare like, are you judging me? And this, you? Is, this was our first interaction. No, by the way, but I just like okay. that she, I was actually getting that many veggies because that never happens. That's funny. Like it never happened. She wanted everything and I loved it. Um, I had a, I had a few customers like that. I worked at Subway actually for a year and a half 
and uh, I I had a couple regulars who I, I just knew it was gonna I wouldn't be able to close the wrapper. It was it was yeah <laughs> it yeah. was bursting at the seams. I I agree yeah. with that. Hold on, since we both worked at Subway, how about that um, double meat flatbread uh, meatball? Oh oh man, you can't. I don't even know how <laughs> you're how you're physically supposed to make that into an edible arrangement. It's a mess. I I, I had a couple people who would do that. I'd be like. <sighs> I just I I I get I get you like that, but but let's let's talk about maybe putting it into a sub or something else or a bowl. Something, anything but flatbread. Oh, no. They yeah. can't even eat it. You watch them eat that sucker, oh, and you, it just it just spits right out of the bread, and you're just kind of like, how do you feel about that decision right now, sir? I think the best way to do it is you get the meatballs in a bowl and you eat the flatbread separately from the meatballs <laughs> it's it's like it's seriously like uh what's it called uh like uh those cheese sticks that you get at domino's or whatever yes and then you just use the meatballs as like some marinara sauce to dip in <laughs> exactly yes that's exactly what you're doing exactly so yeah awesome. so uh there's actually a crazy amount of things that we have in common now that i think about it um, there there is there is and it's only growing and that was the the next thing i was like wait we both work at subway we know where we come yes. from <laughs> yes yeah, we're both married. We've both uh, worked at Subway at some point. Um, what else? I mean, we, we both play arms, so we have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, so back to the wife. <laughs> yes, back to the wife. Um, where we were, yeah. She's very quirky. Um, so I'll say that she has very quick wit. Um, anytime that I feel like I have the upper hand in a conversation, oh my God, she turns it around so quick. I don't know how she does it. <laughs> I, I, I really don't know. And we, uh, you know, there's a lot of things where you'd be like, oh, well, yeah, everyone does that. But, you know, we finish each other's sandwich, uh, sentences, not sandwiches, but that happens to you. Ah, uh, the frozen <laughs> quote, yes. Yes, yes. And um, we um, we do a lot of things together, uh, including gaming now. She actually, when we met, she was very much against gaming. She hated the idea of video games. And the more she oh, really? got... Really? Yes, yes. Um it was actually the funniest thing because you'd be like, you don't learn anything from video games. And I was like, Oh honey, let me show you this. That's how, that's how it was with my wife. She, she's always grown up. Her brothers have always been big gamers. I was actually best friends with her brother. Who's a year older uh, than both of us. We're the same age. Um, when we met, I guess I'll get into that a little bit. Um, I going from my side is my wife and I met, back when I was like 11 or 12 at, a, at our church. We, my family moved churches when I was younger. Um, and we met when I was 11 or 12 in Sunday school. I actually became like best friends with her brother. They ended up moving um, to PA, uh, Pennsylvania, a couple years after that. And I just stayed in touch with both of them, um, the, the brother, because we we're like best friends still, uh, good friends. And then we started, we texted and started dating when I was like 18. Um, you know, we've been together ever since for that. So it's awesome. Um, but she's always grown up with gaming, but never really been a huge gamer herself. And we, and I started like introducing her to playing like single player story driven games. So we played night in the woods. Um, and then we played oxen free, which I know you love, absolutely love. That's how I got my name. I know. Um, but yeah, it was funny cause we, we got it when it was on sale on the switch for like five bucks or whatever. So we picked it up. Uh, and we were just, it was so cool. And it's just, 
it's so interesting because like I've cried at the end of multiple video games that I've played. And it's because like, you just, I find video games so cool as a medium because they combine art and audio and sound design. And then like the stories that they tell and the characters. And it's just like this conglomeration of things that can tell such moving stories because it's combining basically so many different mediums of, of art, you know? Oh yeah. And that's actually how uh, I got my wife to really like video games. Uh, our first game, mm-hmm. which this was a mistake, Bioshock. Um, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That was my first one I wanted to show her because I was like, look, I'm going to show you this has a really powerful story. There's, it does. There's a lot of things from books that also you get to see from games, but you get to make the decision. You get to see the story. It immerses you. And it's like, you get to see this. It's, it's, um, it's like everything you wanted from a book and from uh, a movie at the same time, because you don't know what's going to come up next and you get to decide. And that's what made it so impel, um, sorry, that's what made it so great for her. Um, yeah. And that's how she liked it. She was like, this is a really scary game, but, um, this has probably one of the most unique stories and it was just so driving, uh, for her. She didn't play it. She just watched. Yeah. I think my wife and I took turns when we played uh, Night in the Woods and Oxenfree. We took turns taking control of the characters. But yeah, she she's doesn't play first-person shooters, and she's not. she would admit she's not very good at them because of that. So there's been some games that we've played that are single-player, and I'll do the gameplay, basically, and she'll watch, and then you know we both get invested in the story. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great way to, to bond. Honestly, it's been, it's been good. And now, well, and, um, yeah, actually we, a common game that we play now is Minecraft. Um, we play a lot of other games. Pokemon was one of them, but yes. Minecraft is, has been our, our glue for video games lately because we get to discuss what we want to create together and it makes it a really yeah. fun, you know, activity. And, um, that's really that's really cool. I wouldn't. You wouldn't think that Minecraft would be the game that a married couple would play together a lot, but it makes perfect sense because it's that. I it's that like perfect collaboration and just being able to do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, you would be surprised how much realism there is because you have to discuss. Oh, I want to build it this way. Don't put that block there. I swear to God, if you put that there, you know, <laughs> like there's so yeah. much you can do that makes your marriage actually stronger or relationship in general. So it's actually a good thing in my opinion. Um, yeah. It, which is crazy to say, but who knew? <laughs> it's, it's tough. Like one, like in relationships and especially in, in my instance, my wife and I, we don't have a lot of hobbies that overlap. Like she's into crocheting and she's a writer. So she writes um, and she loves reading and I enjoy reading too, but like she likes reading books. I like reading graphic novels. My hobbies are essentially just gaming. Um, and she, you know, she crochets and stuff. So it's like, it's not, it's difficult to find that common ground. And gaming has definitely been one of those. Binge watching Netflix is the other one, basically. <laughs> yes, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. where do you usually uh, like to read your graphic novels and comics and all that good stuff? So where do I like to read it? Yeah, or? yeah. Like where? Well, so it's actually been physical copies because my wife works at a library, so it's super easy to 
pick up and drop things off the library because she just takes stuff with her to work. So I, I basically get all my stuff in physical print. So I was reading The Sandman by Neil Gaiman. Um, right now I have Scott Pilgrim, uh, the entire Scott Pilgrim series. And that's that's kind of where, uh, where I go. But I actually enjoy reading my books at cafes. So there's a local cafe that's really close to my wife's work that I go to. Um, and I've been going there for like a couple months now, basically, since she started working. Well, man, it's been three or four months. So I go there because um, I'm, I'm a huge coffee enthusiast. I don't call myself a coffee snob because I'll drink literally any type of coffee. But that's what I enjoy. And honestly, one day I hope to be able to own and operate my own cafe at some point. Ooh. <laughs> if I can. So that, that's that's, really that's like my end game. That would be that's my dream, but I'm poor and I can't afford it. It, it is really expensive. But so, what would be the concept for your uh, your your cafe, your coffee shop? Oh man! So I talked I talked to my wife about this, but we would like it would it would be cool to do like a bookstore slash coffee shop. Honestly, like have like books that people can pick up and read and hang out um, and maybe even like a book return where they can like pick up books and borrow them for a while. And just sort of that atmosphere. Cause I think it'd be a really cool combination. And we joked because her, uh, my wife's older brother is a tattoo artist. So we said we could do a bookstore, coffee shop, tattoo shop. Okay. <laughs> Which would also be cool. This is weird now, except for the uh, tattoo part, but it's really cool. Cause um, I was actually, me and my wife had the same idea Ex- oh, really? Except for the rooftop, because we we're gonna have a rooftop, there was gonna be movies playing um, at oh, night. That would be, that would be awesome, so, like uh, black and white, or just like community picks, you know. Um, and I was just like, when you said uh, bookstore uh, cafe kind of deal, I was like, this guy's reading my mind right now, and it's kind of <laughs> freaking me out. <laughs> We went from Subway to cafe, cafe, library. What? What else is there? <laughs> this was not. This was not in the plan tonight. But uh, we basically. This is a podcast where we basically find out that radio and pineapple are the same person, which is hilarious because we is- have really tried to make this more of a collaboration between the two because uh, even the logo and everything is like, hey, we're trying to do this together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's really funny because I I've been looking for someone to possibly co-host like a podcast and it's just kind of crazily worked out really nicely. I'm sitting over here like this worked way better than it should have. <laughs> yes, precise. Um, oh, man. So I, I want I also wanted to ask you about your music because I know you mentioned that you are working towards like creating a full-length album at this point and i have listened to um, numerous of your songs on your soundcloud that you that you shared with me a while back um so why don't you can you tell me how you kind of got into that okay so music has actually been in my uh family i shouldn't say family because it's actually art um art's been in my family for a while but with that being said, music has just kind of been my thing. Like it just has been my passion. And I didn't even know it when I was seven years old. Um, I really wanted to play something. I really loved the idea of singing. I love and I sucked at it. I still suck at it. But um <laughs> I'm a lot better now than where I was before. That's good. 
Well, hey, bad bad singing is in now. Like that's a that's a sort of it is a thing. Um, yeah. But at the same yeah. time, I believe whenever you go to those genres, it's really about making the best with what you got. Yes, and absolutely. I think that's a really good mentality to have because there's so many people that are scared of singing, but if they just give themselves a chance, like believe me, I've been there. I I know the screeches that you make that make yourself sound bad. I get that. But if yeah. you just do it consistently and find out what makes you, you and your music, just do it. I mean, you have nothing to lose. There's a lot of people that are listening to music and you're bound to figure out who you are for that. And I think that's Definitely. worth pursuing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I got into music when I was really young, but I actually didn't start playing guitar until I was 12 because my parents gave me a wonderful surprise. It was like a uh, go find it thing during Christmas. They give me these Aww. little clues, go around the Christmas really... tree, find a note, go behind the washing machine, find a note, go into the washing machine. There's another note. And then inside <laughs> the attic guitar. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I, and I cried. I cried for two days straight. I did not stop crying. I was so, I was, and the thing was like twice as big as me because, you know, I still didn't like shoot up like the rest of the guys in middle school. Yes. Um, yeah. And, oh man, I'm almost tearing up by remembering that memory, but um, Aww, it was a Stratocaster. Okay. It was, had the mirror body and everything. Okay. I, I played the crap out of that sucker. In fact, to the point where I was 18 years old, it finally broke on me because. Oh man. I was reckless. Oh, jeez. I was reckless. The um, I accidentally. Uh, oh, how do I put this? You know how some artists, uh, that whenever they're on the uh, the show floor, they just kind of like basically beat the crap out of their guitar on the floor. Yep. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was doing a stunt. It didn't go well. Oh, and then it broke. That guitar broke real hard. Oh. <laughs> it like it shattered That's the neck and two pieces like Jeez. almost diagonally down the middle um of, oh, the, of the neck and i was just like oh crap i can't do anything with this um i'm not gonna tell did... my mom this oh crap wow that's crazy that's funny wow so when did you start though putting like your music online like onto soundcloud or another platform like when did that start in terms of like creating or producing and making songs 18 years old uh, that's when I, okay. I I started, and I started with literally literally nothing. I had a really crappy mic, five dollar mic. I had Audacity. I had yeah. this computer that was seriously um, like Windows XP. I don't know. It was it was super old. I, I think it was like two thousand two thousand three or something like that. It was dumb. Oh man, it was. And I know that some of these, uh, if you go back at it, like, dude, XP wasn't in uh, 2000, by the way. Uh, yes, I know. But I'm just saying, like, it was it was old. <laughs> it was very, very, very old. And um, this kind of gives you an idea that if you do have a passion, you can make stuff. And I actually have that music on my SoundCloud still to this day. If you That's awesome. to listen to it. And it kind of gives me an idea of where I'm at today to where I was. Yeah. It's like a journal. Yeah. And, um, I just wanted to make stuff because I had things on my mind. I had stories I wanted to write. I hardly write yeah. about myself. But when I do. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, I, 
I guess a lot of music, a lot of musicians I find though, write about things outside of themselves, but that are influencing them, you know, like talking about your family or your love interest or just like how crappy society is <laughs> or stuff like that. It's true though, you know? because they'll, yeah. you'll run out of subjects really quickly if you write only about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, you'll, find, I, you'll find that out really quickly. Yeah. And then there's only so many songs you can write about love, except, you know, every artist still does it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Every Taylor Swift album. Yeah. Every, every single <laughs> album. At least eight out of 12 songs. Yeah. That's funny. I like when you, how you talk about the, like the idea of you, of you enjoy it because you're expressing yourself. And I know my wife mentions that with her writing is it's just like you have ideas that are in you. And if it feels like if you don't get them out somewhere, you're literally going to explode because you just need to, you need to vent, you need to get stuff out of you. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I get that. I relate to that. I, I feel like a lot of people relate to that when it comes to music. Whenever there are things that people feel uncomfortable or if they feel out of place, music, art, because uh, I also like to draw, mm-hmm. and uh, a few other things, they, they get me back to my place. They, yeah. they help me think straight, get calm, or figure out where I'm at. Bring me back yeah. home. Yeah, and that's really important. I, for me, since I can remember, it's always been either video games or, or music. Um, and even now, I'll, like playing arms is kind of therapeutic to me to a certain extent. Like after a really crappy work week or, you know, stuff's just really stressful, um, I'll go to arms basically a time. Just like kind of oh, yeah. being able to being able to push like frustration or anger out. I absolutely yeah. agree. I actually um Arms is has been a really interesting game for me because there has been, hasn't been really that many games where I wanna go back to it because I really um, genuinely just keep enjoying the way that the game plays. Yes. It has nothing to do with me being skilled at it. It has everything <laughs> to do with it being, and I didn't mean that as a, like an egotistical thing. But no, 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 I get that. But I mean this in the sense that I really like the satisfaction of that game. There's a lot, there's a lot of other games that I play fighting-wise, but I feel like this one has everything I've been looking for in a game. Yeah, I... I, uh, it, I can't think of another game that I have ever played because I've gone through phases. I used to play Destiny a lot with my friends. I used to play Warframe, and I love those games. But, but ARMS is that sort of game where it doesn't matter like how much I've played it during a week or something. I can still go back to it even after playing it a lot, and I'll still find enjoyment and still get like some satisfaction out of it. And it's just because I enjoy the mechanics and I enjoy the enjoy the people like you and JM and all the other friends that I have in the game um, to play with. And, you know, that, that is a big drive as well, but it's just good to go back to. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, so I guess, I guess we'll change topics a bit. So how did you get into arms or when did you get the game? And then kind of how did you join the community? Okay. So I wasn't a day one but I yeah. was like, two weaker <laughs> so basically when the week came uh the the game came out two weeks later i was able to get it uh because uh-huh. i was just waiting on a paycheck but um i got it as soon as i could i was hyped about it for a long time ever since i saw it um the arms direct i guess it was uh i was i was just like i'm bored let's go let's do this 
I'm so ready. <laughs> That's funny. We have very different approaches to how we got into arms then. <laughs> and um, I just, I felt like it was like, because I was already looking forward to the Switch. Um, yeah. And I really wanted to go all in and I really wanted to see what they did because I know with Splatoon, um, they did a really good job with that. So I was like, all right, I got to see what they do with this. Yeah. This, yeah. This looks crazy fun. And that's how I got into it. Um, so what about you? How'd you get into it? I, that's the thing was I never really in, intended to play arms because when I saw it come out, everyone always was making the joke of like, oh, it's just Wii Boxing. And I never thought that, but I wasn't really convinced that it would be like as good as it was, obviously. And I got it on a whim, basically, because I was the Switch was my main console, obvious at that point. I, you know, I got Breath of the Wild, got the Switch when it came out, waited in line at Target for three hours at like four in the morning that was a crazy uh day because i one of my friends worked at target and knew that the shipment of the switches was coming in so he told me and i like got to target at like 4 a.m and waited outside and no there was only like three other people who showed up so it wasn't even that bad but um and i got arms because i was thinking i'm gonna play splatoon competitively and I, and then i was waiting for that and i was like had the money and was a bit bored so i'm like okay i'll pick up arms it looks interesting enough um, so I got the game day one when it came out. And then when Splatoon had come out a, a month later, I was playing that a lot. But I found myself coming back to ARMS more and enjoying the gameplay and the people that I had uh, met and was talking to there um, more than Splatoon. And the other issue with Splatoon is that, and as you probably know, being married and having a full-time job really hard to coordinate team-based stuff if you're if you're trying to make like a competitive team or something or get on get on like a squad really difficult to coordinate sessions or tournaments like that you know so arms was easy because it was just me um so yeah that's kind of how i got into it yeah yeah definitely for sure um i think i think it's pretty crazy how it would just became like a um like you know what? I'll give it a go. Let's go for this. And then you're just like, you know what? This is kind of growing on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how, that's how they get you hooked. That's like, it's, you know, it's like crack, you know, they start you off a little bit and then bam, you're hooked. Um, then, then two years later, this guy gets second place at SNS. What a day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. What a day. Um, so how, so what, how did you get into like the discord though? And like join the community? Cause I honestly, my story of getting into the Discord was a bit weird. Okay, so um, for Discord, I actually got to Discord from Oxenfree. That's how that's how I figured out what Discord was. Okay. Um, and then it was Monster Hunter, and then I was like, I really enjoy ARMS. I wonder if there's other people that play this, because um, I kind of want to get to know people. Yeah. I, I, I felt like this was a game where I wanted to talk and play the game at the same time. And it absolutely was. Um, and uh, that's where I found Central. And uh, <laughs> well, but, um, So when did you join Central, though? Because I joined in like August. And I know the server was around before even the game came out. So I was kind of late to the, to the boat. Oh, same. I, was, I think I got in there around November. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, when the later updates were. Uh-huh. And I think that's funny because people knew who i was as soon as i entered like oh really oh you're that rank 16 guy yeah yeah we know you um, <laughs> <laughs> that's 
that's that's how people treated me. Um, they were like, "Oh, I've seen you on Ranked, yeah, yeah." I and the reason that I I joined Discord because I wasn't even using it for anything at that point. And I remember the reason why I joined the Discord was actually through John Dog because I don't even I don't even have a Reddit account, but I go on Reddit and I'll look at like the Arms Reddit. Um, from time to time, and or the, I also look at the Dragalia Lost Reddit because I play that. Um, but I, so I don't even have a Reddit account. And I saw John Dog make a post on Reddit, and he was saying, um, he, it was something like, "We're trying to grow our scene, and we don't know how. We don't really know how to get people to join the the Ohio Arms Discord server." And he had a link to the Ohio Arms Discord server. And I'm like, I'm in Ohio. I wonder if these people are like in a similar area that I'm in. And I joined and found out that like literally everyone who was playing was in my region um, of Ohio. And they actually did the local at the community college that I that I didn't go to. But I know a bunch of people who do. And I've been there. And I was like, that's crazy. So that's how I got in. And then they were like, well, you're clearly like good at the game. You should join Arm Central because that's where all the stuff goes down. So I, I joined it for, through there. <laughs> good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was funny. It's like a huge coincidence that I even got into like the arm scene and then started playing competitively. Yeah, for me, it was definitely just I was just trying to pursue somebody mm-hmm. um, to to get to know the ba- the the game better. Because um, I that's when I realized that's when I wanted to play competitive, and by doing that, I know Discord tends to have like the higher ups of yeah how to get there what to learn, uh, what you're missing. And whoo, whoo, as soon as I did, uh, I can tell you there was a big gap in uh, the skill level uh, two weeks, a month later or so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, awesome. that, that was, it was nice. Um, it, it strengthens my ability to say that um, playing with other people who are much higher up than you is important um, Absolutely. to learn. Yeah, I heard, so I follow Soul, the Smash player, the Little Mac player, and I remember in one of his videos, he mentioned that you you probably want three people, um, or at least three people, obviously, to spar with, and different categories. You want someone, I think, I can't remember the names that he used, but he basically, you want someone lower skilled than you so that you can try out new things or experiment, and not necessarily flex, but you want... Uh, like a skill gap to where you can try new things and still win or, you know, do well so you can try out some new ideas or new um, play styles and implement them. And then you, the second person is you want someone your, your own skill level so that you're pretty much on par and you can work on trying to improve neutral or other aspects like that. And then you want someone who's higher skilled than you that can beat your ass and, you know, and then you just get destroyed. Uh, and you can learn from that, you know, and all three of those are important. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Like, 100%, I think that's really important. Um, even even when it just comes to those three-person basis, like, um, you kind of get to gauge yourself continually where you're at. Yep. Exactly. Um, so let's see let's see let's see let's see when did so i think going off of that though now you run riptide and 
I think Riptide is interesting because your focus of it is like a community more than just an esports team. Because we've had a ton of teams in Arms lifespan, and I mean to be quite honest, not all like not hardly any of them have been actual sponsored teams. So why don't you kind of can you talk about like where the direction of Riptide and that sort of idea of a more community focused team than just strictly like a competitive one right so uh, in my experience with esports there was this point where um i think i had a realization where if <laughs> for one try harding doesn't go very far when mm-hmm. you are beginning uh, the esports stuff because um there is a disconnect i think sometimes and almost in a way where it becomes unhuman um, because you start judging people for the results more than their face. Yeah. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. Um, So whenever Riptide was made, um, it was an offspring of something else at one point, but uh, it became its own thing very quickly. And uh, I'm actually really proud of everyone who has put forth effort into it because it's really it shows that this is definitely more of a community than a one-man show kind of deal and that's that's 100 percent the case here um so we focus a lot more on creating a community where people can come and um for one be with the people um get to know them better have a relationship we have a lot of different games that we play and we do have a competitive scene um, we have a, a really nice Smash team. Um, Splatoon team's doing really well, and our ARMS team is awesome. Um, and we're still continuing to grow. Um, yeah. But as as far as like everything else, um, it's always been about the players here. You come here, you say, hey, I want to play. We welcome you. Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it gives a very similar vibe to how I felt uh, fellows in arms was for for me personally is like because i i mean i play with you and hama era team dame I, most of the people i interact with in the arms community these days are people in riptide and it just feels like a family it feels like you have people with your similar interests similar hobbies not only do you play the game together and focus on improving, but you also talk about life and are there to help each other out. And I, I imagine it's probably similar to that uh, for the other games. And that's really awesome. You know, it, it's it's great to see that because, you know, Fellows in Arms certainly was almost like just a second family to me because we talked about everything from what was going on in the game, the community, you know, personal struggles or stuff going on um, in our lives. And that was great. That was like the perfect place, you know? For sure. Um, and that's also the other thing that I feel like we do a little bit differently. Um, we try to encourage each other to branch out from their games. Uh, so yeah. for instance, um, we have, I think we have expanded lately. And what uh-huh. that basically means is that, hey, we have other games that we try to play on a regular basis. And we give you a role, like, say, for instance, Minecraft. Um, We actually have our own realm. Anyone's actually invited to join. So if you're listening to this, um, please join our Discord um, at Riptide. And you can definitely get in there and play with the rest of us, get to know us better, create something, you know? Yeah. And um, that's just kind of give you an idea. That's what we're about. Um, And I really like that. I like that we can go and say, hey, who's playing Mario Party today or Mario Kart? Uh, who's, um, what else do we got? Rocket League. There are some people that really do enjoy that. 
And you just have a way to just get to know each other better. I like that. I like that too. And the Switch is the perfect console for that because there's so many ports of games and you can play it on the go or you can play it from your bed, which is great. Uh, And it's just such a good console for having a ton of different games and being able to branch out because if you the nice thing that i've found in the arms community is because we are all like most of us are nintendo fanboys and fangirls and fan people uh it's really nice to have that because when a new switch game comes out even if we're mainly arms players everyone's there you know (laughs) <laughs> like we, we're, we're talking about you know I, i've mentioned astral chain is coming out which i'm really excited for and i when i talked about that to arms people they're like oh yeah of course because everyone watches the directs everyone's in the same loop and branching out to other games on the switch is really easy definitely um and that's actually another thing uh that's that's what makes riptide uh interesting because we are switch based like mostly yeah. everything that's on there if you can if you have a switch you can access everything that we do and you know of course if you have like java for well not java but if you have like bedrock or vanilla for uh, minecraft you can still play whatever but yeah i think it's it's really cool to show that the switch has been versatile for our community in that sense uh switch is just amazing at doing what it does dude i'm still amazed like that I own a switch. Like it still blows me away sometimes thinking about, I have this console that I can play on the couch or play on my, like on my uh, TV. And it does all these things and it plays like thousands of games. And it's, it's just insane. <laughs> yes. And uh, I think it's really cool. Cause um, everything that I ever wanted to buy on steam is now on the switch basically, except for a few things. And um, I think that's great because now I can, if I have to go on a plane, I get to play everything I love to play wherever I go. It used to be that if I travel, I couldn't do that. I I would have to wait until uh, I got to a hotel or I, had, I would have to wait until I'm out of the car. Or, um, and I can just play in the passenger seat. I can play on the plane anywhere. That's what makes it so great. Yeah, exactly. People, like, I think that's even the cooler aspect of it is that you can play locally anywhere. Yeah, you don't, you don't yeah. have to bring them to your room. You can play in the restaurant. You can be like, "Yeah, you like Mario Party? Let's go." <laughs> and by the way, that has happened. <laughs> really, I was I was in a I was in the, the cafe that I frequent uh, last Thursday, and this like these two uh, teenagers were playing. I think Mario Kart on their Switch, and it's just like so cool to see that that's like normal place now. Like that just happens. Yes. Um, me and my brothers, we actually used to play uh, arms with motion controls at a bar. Oh, wow. And That's whenever awesome. people were asking us what's going on, we would, we would, <laughs> this is going to sound sketchy, but we'd be like, oh, yeah, um, this guy here, if you can beat him, he'll give, uh, he'll give you like 50 bucks. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, like, every time that they lost, they would give us a, I have a good way to do it. That's a pretty effective way to. I, I remember, I can't remember who, but I remember some other arms people saying that they were doing that, being like, if you can beat me, you get like whatever amount of money, you know? And Hanukkah it worked. Oh, did, has Hanukkah done that? I feel yeah. like he has. That, well, he talked way. about it. I don't know if he actually has done it, but I know he's talked about it at one point. So I'm sorry if I, you know. As, it's, it's, it's great because it's like this challenge that you're initiating to people and it's also just a fun time and it gets people at least thinking about the game 
Exactly. And that's that's pretty much where I was at with it. But at the same time, it would also get people to back off whenever we're like, oh, we're just trying to have fun, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we get to have stories like I, I think I, there was one guy in particular that would not give up. I made $20 off of him that night. I was great. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He was just like, I swear I can do this if I could just keep trying. I was like, please, please keep going. Please go ahead. Please, absolutely. Three That's... more drinks, please. <laughs> oh, man. Keep them coming. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's see. Uh, you got to know a little bit more about me, Riptide, the things that I like to do. I, yes. I'd love to know more about um, uh, Fellows in Arms. You were talking about that earlier. And uh, Ohio, your locals. And, uh, and even recently... Um, some of your uh, placements at Smash and Splash, the experience and all that. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. So for in terms of, well, Fellows and Arms, I mean, we've been disbanded for what? No, I mean, Smash and Splash marked like our one-year anniversary after disbanding. And, I mean, it's weird because things have been kind of radio silent, sort of. Like, we go through periods where we're kind of active in our in our chat still, and we can still keep in touch. But I think definitely, like, we're, it's weird because we're at this point now that we're like all going in different directions and we're, we have nothing to bring us together anymore. So we're like completely separate, which is fine because, you know, we move on. Life goes on and we have different interests or whatever. But yeah, that was it, it certainly felt like kind of melancholy at Smash and Splash this year, knowing that like Hanukkah was there, but no one else from Fellows and Arms was there. And it was like, oh, man, like they're you know it's, it's gone uh yeah. so it was a little sad a little sad um the ohio local scene though we're, we're still going pretty strong we actually have pressure two coming up like uh in july and i know we have some people coming from out of town too like askew's coming uh tame dame and i think table is going to be there uh, who else hama and some other people so the ohio scene's going pretty strong like it's funny because we we're still only five people essentially but we're not stopping anytime soon and it's good to have that local representation we still we still play sets together and we still all love the game uh and that's great you know that's all we can ask for so we're certainly trying to grow it if possible it's just really hard to get people into like a dedicated scene that's so small do you um, feel like the uh the people themselves carry over that spirit to help other people get into the game yeah uh, the the locals still stay strong definitely and that's the thing where i think like we we will go out of our way to try to welcome people and bring people into the game if possible and and certainly for me if if there was a person in ohio that was like i want to get into the arm scene i'd be like all right well i will spar with you and do whatever i can to try to help you get into the game more and then probably introduce you to the online scene because a lot of it happens online and you know just just work towards that you know mm -hmm. so uh yeah that, that certainly contributes and i and for smash and splash that it was that was a crazy time i so it was we got uh john dog and i got there friday morning at like two in the morning because we left work on thursday and we because we both had to work and then we traveled all night got there early morning we helped hanukkah and burr set up went to bed at like i went to bed at like 3 30 or 4 it was crazy and then friday was pools but that wasn't until the evening so i had time to actually get some sleep and do stuff and uh not gonna lie though friday was kind of 
it was like lackluster in my opinion uh not because of anything like in terms of the arms production like the the setups and everything for arms was great but everyone was kind of disjointed community wise because everyone was doing like their own thing and i felt like none of us were doing anything together really or at least i wasn't really doing a lot of stuff friday and then um saturday though I messaged, I think I messaged Hanukkah and I was like, I need to get in contact with some people because I want to go on water slides. So uh, I ended up going with Jor and Critic Cat to the water park for, I think, like three hours or so. And we just did all the water slides. And that was awesome. That was the that was the best thing I could have done to prepare for top 12 in the evening was go on water slides and not play arms at all, (laughs) which is what I did, which was totally what I did. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. And then for the tournament itself, like it, that was a crazy losers run. Cause I think I, I, cause I started in losers at top 12 and I made it all the way through to, to second. And that was just, it was a lot of fun. It was, it took a lot out of me for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Let's see. Uh, what what's something from Smash and Splash? Uh, do you feel like you have any quirky stories or something that happened there that you'd like to share? Oh man, um, I, I I really enjoyed walking around with Jor. Uh, there was like a period after we did water parking. Jor and I just was like walking around, looking at all the vendors and stuff, and just checking out stuff. Because I found out Jor loves Persona, which is awesome. Because Persona Five is like my favorite game of all time now. And we were just going around to the different booths looking for Persona merch. They had like different posters, and I got a Persona shirt, and that was a lot of fun. And then. After the tournament on Saturday, that was that took a that took a crazy turn because we all went to this um, restaurant on the Kalahari Resort, and there was like twenty of us. And then Hungrybox uh, was sitting in the table next to us, which was also really funny because he just came in with some Smash players and sat next to us. And then after that, we went to uh, one of the uh, went to Jor and Critic Cat's hotel room and played arms, and I got. I did not get drunk, but I had several drinks that night after the tournament. <laughs> it was it was fun. Says he didn't get drunk. Huh. I know well, I didn't. I didn't have a hangover, so clearly I didn't get drunk. Uh, <laughs> uh, first mistake. Anyways. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. So that's really cool. So uh, how do you feel about Jor? He's one of the community members uh, that comments every now and then. Very, very colorful personality. Tell us Dude, more about I, I love Jor, man. He is he is such a fun person to hang out with. And it's, it's cool for me because we have so many younger people in the ARMS community, which is nothing against them. But like for you and me, we're at a different stage in our lives where we're working like 40, 50 hours a week. And we have all these responsibilities and it's different from the side of the community that's in like high school, you know, or, or college. Cause you don't have that. And that's what I liked talking and hanging out with Jor and critic cat as well. Cause critic cat was also so fun to hang out with was just like, they're at a similar stage of life where I'm at, you know, we're, we're all full-time uh, workers and we have responsibilities and, uh, George is just such a friendly and nice person to talk to. Like it was so easy to just talk about life with him, even though we really haven't talked in like several months, you know, or uh, quite some time. But yeah, it was it was really fun. He's he's really awesome. 
That's Everyone awesome. was really awesome. Yeah. Uh, also hanging out with uh, who else did I hang out with a, quite a bit was um, well, I hung out with John Dog obviously because I traveled with him and it's always fun. Like I think on the entire car ride, we basically just talked for the eight hour drive there and back. So that was really neat. Was just talking about like esports and life and things like that. Um, so yeah, it was it was a great time. Like Smash and Splash. Definitely one of like the best um, trips that I've gone on in my life, probably because I don't do a lot of vacationing. So it was really fun. So it's definitely going to be safe to say for me, um, definitely going next year. Oh, um, yes. So meet you there. I hope I, I can't confirm yet because it's a bit maybe too far out, but I want to go. And it's definitely a possibility, a strong possibility. Well, I know I'm going. Just so That's you know. good. Yes. <laughs> Everyone go to Smash and Splash and hug radio and bring radio, bring portable radios to give to radio. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already know for a fact, uh, Hama is going to be chest bumping me because of, you know, what we talked about yesterday. Oh yes. Yes. Hama's um, going to assault you. Yes, yes, yes. But that's going to be okay. I accept the love. Always accept the love. <laughs> you should, you better. We all love you. <laughs> Yeah, right. but yeah, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll accept that for what it is. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, there's actually something um, I've been wanting to ask you because a lot of people see you as a, a really nice, like almost like a therapist in a way, but they see yeah. you more as like a mentality player. Like you're really good about your mentality um, whenever you play in you're really good about the advice of it um and i just want to know more about it uh what gives you such a good positive outlook for the game when you play even when you lose yeah well okay so part of that so the other thing is i i don't want to mislead people into thinking that i never get salty or angry because i totally do i i like i i get frustrated at, at times fighting uh certain players or get coming off of like if i lose ranked like 10 times in a row which i don't think has happened but um you know i get i get angry and salty and i think for me though it's like within like a few minutes usually or whatever and then i'm like i come off of it and think you know like that's fine like you know i was outplayed like that's that's just what happened and then i always try to look at it like what can i learn or what can i do better and then the other thing and uh my wife also helps with this as well because she is always like it's just a game like you know at the end of the day it is a it's an important game to me i'm very passionate about arms but it's just a game at the end of the day and I shouldn't get so worked up about it. So um, for me, my mentality has kind of always been like, you know, winning and losing. I try not to think about as much as always trying to improve and arms has been out, you know, over two years now. And I'm always looking at what new loadouts can I try and what can I do to learn certain matchups better that I feel like I'm, I still need to learn. And, and taking that. And then the other aspect in terms of, cause I don't think, in the entirety that I've been in the arms community, I've ever um, like lashed out at someone or tried to put someone down in terms of gameplay after like fighting them. I think I can say that safely that I've not done that ever. And that because of that is like, I might want to curse the other person out after like losing or something, but I'm like, I, I, I need to show them the respect that they deserve in order to not do that. And also, um, cause once you get known as like a higher level player, if people beat you, they like make to, they like to like say that they beat you cause it makes them feel good. And 
I guess that also frustrates people. Like it frustrates top players to hear that from other people. And I've always like, well, they deserve that victory and they should, they should celebrate that. Like that's, that's really awesome for them. You know, I always try to have that perspective uh, as well when I lose to people or I have lost in tournaments, you know, it's like, Hey, they did really freaking good. You know? Um, like when, like when I lost in smash and blast to Chateau and grand finals and I mean, within 10 minutes, I was like, that, yeah, well, well, yeah, that's, that's fine. You know, like, you know, I was a little, little, little down, but Hey, it's, it's, it's all good. You know, we're all friends at the end of the day and we're all this, this big family in the community. Absolutely. Yeah. So two and, things. Um, first one, just, just poking fun really here. Have yeah. you ever gotten that way with me? Like I'm not expecting a yes, but just curious. Wow. I think I have at some point because like you're, I, you're freaking locked on, man. It's so good. Well, it's like, okay, well, especially with heavy arms. And I, I always feel like there's this part where it's like, if you get into a certain rhythm with like heavy arms and you have the momentum of the set, it's like, man, I don't know if I can do anything. And, and there's nothing more frustrating when you're playing a competitive game, feeling like you can't do anything. You know, I know so, that feeling so, so much. So I think I have experienced that fighting you a couple times. It's like, oh man, I don't know if I can get out of this. <laughs> you know, or like I don't know what what like I don't I can't think about what I need to do to win. Um, no, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect it from you, but I feel that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I've, it's it it happens. You know, I I think the other idea that people have with certain like like a, a top level player in a game is that they're like untouchable and they never feel the same feelings other people do. But then you have to realize like everyone's just a person at the end of the day. Like we all have days or weeks or months where we're like in a funk or something and we can't, can't play well or can't perform well. You know, it's like, it just depends. Well, even then, like I know there's some players that get really down about like something that happens and then like someone yeah. talks about it. Like say for instance, uh, you're a player and then someone talks about, Oh Yeah. I, uh, I perfected that player. And then yeah. they're like, man, that got me real down. I was like, actually, I feel that's a compliment because they're recognizing you as a player. Exactly. Like yeah. they're talking about you. That means you got something. Yeah, no, definitely. Like if people are saying that, that means that you, you merit a level of uh, reputation or respect where people care about that. <laughs> and I'll, I'll never forget when I first like came to that realization because I was really sad about it at first. Uh -huh. I'm not going to lie. I was really sad about it. And I think uh, a lot of people actually remember this. Um, <laughs> it was during Color Crash and yeah. Sir double perfected me. Oh, and I was, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I had no idea what to do, and when uh, I saw that, I was just kind of like, uh, "Yeah." And then I thought about it a little bit more. I was like, "Wait, that's the first time everyone's uh, anyone's ever said my name in something." Yeah, and I was like, "I'm somebody." Yeah, I'm somebody. Yeah. I'm somebody. <laughs> you know, I just oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a that's a good outlook. It's sort of that trying to keep that positive spin on things and um looking at looking at like just thinking beyond uh just the set you know or, or just, like you know that sort of thinking of the long term like hey people know about me at least and people think that i have some skill level obviously or whatever um so that's great you know and then you can you have room to improve and honestly it's really cool because we can come back to the game in this and say that honestly it was deserved there isn't a lot of things in this game where you know, something's overly um, outbalanced, uh, overbalanced than the other thing. Um, sorry, not overbalanced, uh, overpowered than the other thing. Yeah. Um, 
And and like in this case, sometimes it may just be the matchup. It may just be the arms. It may just be the character. Um, but yeah, there's sure. always a def. There's definitely something you can do to counter it. There hasn't been many things that you just can't do about. Yeah. Um, so for the you, most part. <laughs> yeah, there's some things where um, like there are certain loadouts or character matchups, and the selection of arms that you choose that might lead to like a a scenario where you have a very little percentage of winning. No, something like that. But yeah, overall, overall, it's pretty balanced. Um, so what you said, you had two points. Do you remember the second point or did we go over both of them? I can't remember. Yeah, actually, I, I fit in the second one uh, okay. while we were talking about that. And that was okay. taking a look at a loss as a good thing in a way. Uh, yeah, we can we can definitely touch on that more. But I got my side of it out there already. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I feel the same way as um, I think from a from a outlook perspective and it's really hard to do but i say you should try to get over your wins and losses as soon as possible like both of them like you know like yes. if you win a tournament and then you kind of let it go to your head or um you start toting that around like that's that's fine because you should celebrate um when you do something good that's awesome but um don't let it define you you know like you like you know we like as players um, of arms or any game or any sport anything you do for hobby you are more than just that like you are a multifaceted human being with interest and hobbies and uh, relationships that you're in and you shouldn't get so beat up over one aspect of that because you know I, I, everyone is awesome in the community you know like we all have so much to us and that's the point why we're doing this podcast and and i, I want to stress that is that you know you shouldn't just think that um someone doing poorly in arms on a certain day means they're less of a person or something like that's crazy you know or that their opinion about the game or other aspects is bad you know because you should it's it's important to understand that and try to separate those a bit you know absolutely it's kind of yeah. like looking at your zero two loss and then you're looking back at it and you're like oh gosh dang that clap back and then you start looking at that clap back and you go you know what that clapback probably has a life. Let's look behind that thing. <laughs> you start to see this pineapple. You start to see Caleb. That yes. is a real person right there. He's in a cafe. He's reading a book. Exactly. He's probably talking to his wife at the same time, too. Oh, he yes. Does. He loves his wife. I do love And then all of a sudden, you have this person that actually yeah. has a personality. And uh, just everything that goes with it. So respecting your opponent, respecting them as they are is such an important thing. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy to just think of them as a, a person to beat. And I mean, in a tournament in a tournament setting or like playing competitively, there's a certain level of you have to separate um, the player from the game because you're ultimately trying to win the game. But you shouldn't forget it altogether. It, that's a dangerous path to go on. And, just doesn't help <laughs> definitely definitely yeah um so i think that pretty much sums that up for respecting your opponents uh what do you what do you feel like um some people just don't do enough like whenever uh they go over the game like um what do you think they are lacking i it's i mean that's a it's a tough question to answer but i mean i always I, 
personally, I'm really bad at reviewing my own gameplay. Like I, I don't even check VODs that I've been in. Usually I don't really go back to sets. I tend to be a player that tries to learn from what I'm doing presently. And I, I rarely look at gameplay. I have done it um, at times. And I think in terms of trying to improve from past performances, you should honestly do it very structuredly. Like take a set, take take one set that you played in and go over it from start to finish, maybe multiple times, and then pause it at certain moments and, and just try to look at what you could have done each moment, you know, that added up to your loss um, and, and what you could do in, in each of those scenarios or maybe a different loadout you can try and look at it from that perspective of what character that I use or what setup that I use, things like that. But definitely looking at your losses more than your victories is important. Uh, you know, that's, that's a given. Um, and I think that there is a conscious and um, smart way you can analyze those past performances and that will help you improve more um what about you do you do you analyze you know, your your tournament matches a lot or you know do you are you a player that looks back on your your sets more actually yes and um i do have i had a goal ever since i started playing arms i always felt like i never saw people play heavy arms which yeah. makes sense you know the most popular arms in the game are going to be gloves yeah that makes perfect sense that's what Gloves, gloves are the best arm in the game. What? No. No. Yeah. Fair and balanced. Anyways. Fair and balanced. <laughs> Anyways. But um. So that was my goal. I wanted yeah. to play with heavy arms, and I I did that since um up until about rank sixteen. I I was using megawatt. And then I moved on to Lockjaw as soon as it was released. <laughs> uh, and as soon as it was, that's that's who I was. That's how people know me. Yes. I was like, yeah, he's the he's the Girth Five Jaw over there. That's the, that's girth, the guy. <laughs> the Girth Five Jaw. We we know him. We 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 sometimes we may complain about him, but that's him. That's him right there. <laughs> I I did the same thing when updates would come out. Is I would just try using the new arms and trying to make them like meta on Kid Cobra. That would be my, that was my, that was my outlook. Was I want, well, I want to, I've always wanted to use just every arm on Kid Cobra. Cause I only want to play Kid Cobra really. And I want to push him as a character. So throughout the entire span of arms, I've always been like, how can I try a new loadout on him? Exactly. And I kind of been the same way with Lockjaw. I've, yeah. I've done very well to try to use every single combination consistently and know why i don't want to use this over this arm in particular but also mm -hmm. by doing that i've also made myself to a point where why certain sets also work the way they do and what to look out for and what makes them weak to certain things um so there, there's obviously a lot to talk about there so whenever i go about uh, looking at matches i look specifically more of the arm choice and what can I do to escape situations? Because, for yeah. instance, I play Min Min. Best girl, by the way. Um, and sure. you'll have yourself uh, finding your position where you um, don't have your dragon arm. Um, you have, like, the lowest girth in the game at this point. And this person may, let's just say they're max brass and they're they're buffed up. They're in your face. They have rush ready. You don't have rush ready. And you're just sitting here like, 
well, <laughs> what do I do? And yeah. those, those, those moments count. And yeah. I've learned oh, yeah. that if you pay attention to those arm sets, because say, for instance, what if he happens to have a heavy arm? What if he happens to have a dragon? What if he happens to have a retorture or mm-hmm. something on those arms? You can probably escape the situation because let's just say this person jumps and then they grab. You can kick. You can mm-hmm. use your kick. Uh, for instance, for me, it would be a backflip or back yeah. kick, whatever. And I could go safely back into rush because they may want to rush as soon as they get that grab broken, right? Yep, yep. But maybe I know that I want to move to the left and then therefore missing the grab. Therefore, they are probably going to rush right after that. And I've already moved. Because I moved, I still have a chance to still uh, dash to the left a little bit more and I may be able to get a grab because their rush on that is probably going to whiff. Yeah. Uh, because say for instance, dragon has a long load time. Therefore, yep. I can probably still grab in there. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dash to the glove side where there's a flurry. You know. Um, yeah, that would be foolish. So those are just like the little things. If you study uh, your gameplay over time, you'll get to know what you need to do and when. Yeah. I, and, yeah. Um, I think wake up is really important. I always try to tell people, always try to be conscious of what you're doing on wake up. Like, especially for kid cobras, like we just have a tendency to always jump because it's like the best option cobra has. But I always think of, you know, you can move in basically a full 360 degree angle in any direction, uh, more or less. Um, You can choose not to move at all on wake up and you can just stand still, which also bides time a bit and can mess up your opponent's timings. There's a lot you can do in those scenarios and in studying or trying to improve and um, grow from your losses, looking at those scenarios and thinking, oh, I actually had this, this, and this option, or I have these many options. That can really help in terms of growing your gameplay. And also the other aspect is footsies, like very minute freaking movements can mean a a ridiculous amount of difference, like dashing or choosing to land after like only doing a short hop instead of a, a full jump that allows you to go into shield and dodge an entire rush attack. Like that's huge. And those are things that kind of just have to um, get used to and reviewing your gameplay might be able to help that a lot. Absolutely. Um, the, the, that is really important because even if you are as big as Master Mummy or as little as Min Min, you can find yourself that your movement is going to make a big, 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 big um, change over how everything does. Um, it could be as much as why you got grabbed, why that slap hit you. Um, so yeah. I think that's just I think whenever whenever it comes down to it, um, being able to review everything um, is definitely a key factor to your success to where you want to be, especially if you want to be like the best competitive player you can be. Yeah, Learn about I, yourself. Yeah, that's good. So well, let's talk about that for a bit because I we also want to touch on this uh, topic, sort of rounding out um, podcast a bit, but. So the idea of skill over talent and skill being uh, more important or vice versa. So why don't you just kind of break down the difference between what you would define as like talent and skill and what what the importance of both those are. So there's usually um, a saying like uh, some people are just born with it. Like uh, as an artist, for instance, I get to hear this all the time. Oh, well, he just knows how to draw. 
And it just so happens to be that those people that know how to draw and just, you know, are great at it, they tend to stop. They t tend to have this peak and just don't try to progress anymore because whenever they start losing confidence, they just start doing something else Yeah, because they're no longer good at it. Someone's progressed and they're just like, my talent carried me only so far and they don't know how to handle that usually. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, and that's not true for everybody. That's not, that's not a blanket statement. Um, but in this case, I felt like skill always does more for you. I was one of those, that was definitely the case where um, my skill, my, um, the time that I spent in the game only helped me more. And I only got better uh, because of that. Um, I could not say for a fact uh, <laughs> that two weeks in, I was amazing. I was I was absolutely crap. Actually, when I first got the game, this is a very embarrassing story, but let's go. Um, yes. I played Grand Prix. I thought, okay, level one, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to learn the mechanics. I got my uh, butt grilled. <laughs> man. I, I, I mean, perfected. I did not know how to play the game, even though they had the tutorial and I thought it was actually really clear how yeah. to do this stuff. I could not play. And it was so frustrating to me at the time because I was like, crap i really don't know how to do this <laughs> i felt i felt the same way i sucked at arms so badly i i couldn't figure out how to do grand prix and i truly think when it comes to a debate between uh skill in a game or talent i think that i have I've, I've talked about this to some people in the community before but i feel like i have zero talent not just in arms but in most things in life that i pursue i feel like i have no talent at all and the only thing that keeps me going is my skill and my persistence with something. Um, I think it took me a lot longer than a lot of the other uh, very skilled players in arms to reach that level in terms of like hours put into the game because I had to work really hard. I mean, I think at this point I have between my wife's account and my account, I have like 1600 hours in the game which is a lot compared to some of the other people who've played. Um, and also, I think there are a lot of people who have played more than me, which is what, you know, that's fair. But I've, I've taken a lot of time for me to develop my craft and get good at the game. And it's, it's been very difficult. And I think that um, skill and, and having the dedication and persistence to keep playing the game, even after you not, you're not seeing the results you want, but still knowing that if you keep at it, things will come down the road. Um, I think that is more important than just being born naturally skilled at something. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and that's just something that I felt like was the case for me. Like um, my dad was an artist and uh -huh. I would say this for myself as well. Um, I started with stick people and as time grew on my perception and that allowed me to expand my art as well uh, expand being able to go from stick man to a hand that actually has fingers that actually has uh some sort of uh, composition and in this case whenever it came to arms i was able to go from barely knowing how to move and grab spamming to hey i can do this air dash to a rush cancel back into another air dash and then punch yeah. us into another air dash you know just dumb stuff like that yeah yeah um, yeah exactly so it really gives you an idea of if you once again if you study if you constantly persist you will succeed and that's mm -hmm. not just for arms that's for everything Never oh yeah give up. Oh.
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's uh, sort of why we want to talk about this sort of thing on the podcast is tr- trying to also help people who are listening to, to maybe uh, learn some stuff and maybe get better at the game and um, also maybe just get better at life because yeah, you know, if you keep that stuff and um, life is, life is hard. Uh, like every day certainly can be a struggle for a lot of people, probably myself included. Um, I'm, I'm a very anxious person. Uh, which I might not come across like that, but I, I do struggle with anxiety a bit. And, you know, if you keep at it and you keep trying to improve, uh, you'll, you'll get there, you know, in time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I think, I think that kind of wraps everything up, right? I think we, we covered everything that we wanted to kind of do in this introductory episode. Um, do you have anything else to add, uh, friend? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, everything else, I'm sure we'll start extending more into the later episodes. But I think for now, yes. this is a pretty good start, actually. I think we covered a lot of ground, man. Like, this, was, this was good. And we, so, learned, uh, we, we learned a lot about each other. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We learned a lot about each other in the span of this podcast, which is great, because we're going to be doing this together for, for a while. For a while. Uh, for, yes. a, for a good hot minute, hot year. Yeah, um. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, guys, we will, um, we're planning on uploading the podcast. I believe we've already talked about on Spotify. Um, it'll be on some other services as well as we kind of get that sorted out. Um, down the road, we might try to fo- do a, like a video of the podcast and then also have that on YouTube, or we'll probably at least have the podcast on YouTube in some form. And we will, I haven't created the Twitter yet, but it will be wholesome transmissions because apparently that tag is free. So, or it's available. So we'll be using that. So we'll also have a Twitter, where we'll, we'll share the podcast and yeah, um, look forward to the guests that we'll have on, on our first episode um, going forward. We will hopefully have one or two guests on every show that we'll be able to ask them questions about their lives and their outlook. And we'll keep going with this. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, this was uh, Radio and Pine giving you some wholesome tunes. Also, if you have any suggestions for who would like to be on the show, or yes. good pairings, anything. Give us a good shout out. We'd love to hear about it. We're all about it. We just want to hear oh, more yes. from the community. Yeah, we want to try to get the uh, just you know good people and uh, get their perspectives on things. Talk about arms. Talk about life. Uh, just just all around getting good pairings of people together and building the community. That's what we're all about. Yeah, other than that, I really appreciate the listen. Really appreciate um, the time exactly. I spent to yes, hear thank this you out. Yes, so much. We'll see you next time. <laughs>